coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm Tyler, and I am joined today by my co-host, Charlie, for our very first Picks of the Week episode of the 2020 season. We're pumped up about it. Charlie, you last year, I don't know if you remember, it's been a minute, you know, this whole COVID thing, but you went on a late run last year, and you almost, almost at the very end pulled it out. Not quite, but close. But it's a new year. You built all the that all that momentum. So how are you feeling about your chances this year? You gonna take the crown home? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I what like, kind of attitude is that? I like to make the more outlandish picks just to give people a good laugh. Oh, you're, you oh, so you like to be like the class clown? People just laugh. At I you. mean, I'm okay with it. It's okay. So yeah, you, I mean, are if, you used to that throughout your life? Is that what we're saying? I've said it before. If we all make the same picks. It's kind of boring because then it's I everyone just making the same picks. You're not going to make any outlandish well, oh, picks. Oh, 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 really? Let's yeah. see who my very first pick today, by the way. Okay. No, I, I get you. It is kind of boring if everyone has the same picks, but we also kind of have to be like intellectually honest to some level, right? You're not just going to throw things against the wall. Well, I mean, I don't think it's totally unrealistic. Okay. All right. Fair. I like, I like your style. We'll go with that. But last season, I hate to remind you, Charlie, but I did manage to win... The against the spread picks, but it was the listeners who actually edged me by one game. It ended up edging me by one game in the straight up picks. So this year, I'm going for the whole thing. I'm taking it all home. That's the goal. I, I'm not like you. I, I I want to win. I got that competitive gene. I can't play sports anymore because I'm old. But it's things like this where I can actually compete, and I'm going for it. I'm going for it. But this is gonna be a lot of fun this year. Last year, you know, this was the first year we decided to produce. A show like this, a picks exclusive show here at the Glory UGA podcast. Prior to that, like we, I guess we kind of always just thrown them in if we had time at the end of the game preview episode each week. But look, we love talking about all the big games each week. Obviously, Georgia is our focus, but we like to spread our wings a little bit every now and then and talk about other games in the SEC and maybe a couple big ones around the country. So last year, we decided to go ahead and start it up with a picks of the week episode. And if you were with us last year, you know that each week on our Picks episode, we were joined by a listener guest host picker. And Charlie and I, like, we just had an awesome time. It was fun, right, Charlie? Very fun. Yeah, it was fun getting to meet some of our listeners and just kind of interacting with you guys. So we figured, why mess with a good thing? So we're going to be joined by our first guest host of the year in just a few minutes. But first, I want to, again, real quickly, as quickly as I can, I know I'm kind of long-winded sometimes, but as quickly as I can, try to explain to everyone exactly how you can get the opportunity to join us as a guest host on one of these Picks of the Week's episodes later on this season. All you got to do is go join our Glory UGA Pick'em League, make your picks each week, and the winner each week will get the opportunity to join us on the Picks episode the following week. And this is what we came up with, guys. Is the, the unfortunate reality is like, we only have 11 regular season weeks this year. So that means they're kind of at a premium. We're only going to be able to have 11 listeners on as guest hosts. And there are far more than that that would like the opportunity to guest host an episode. So we thought this would be a fun and also a fair way to decide who gets to join us moving forward. And if you're asking me, I just always find fantasy and pick them leagues like this just fun on their own merit. So we're excited to offer you guys that opportunity again this season. Charlie, Curtis, and myself, we're all going to be making our picks in the league each week. And it's a confidence pool league, which Charlie, I know you are super excited about. 
sarcastically a little bit yes i do not like the conference i don't understand rating. i think it's what that's a layer of intrigue and fun it just hurts my head you're so like you're an intelligent human being like you've made it this far in life how is that something that you can't handle right well i work hard all day and then sometimes when i sit down i don't want to move things up and down a list oh you want to move your finger and, and move something up and down the computer screen sometimes you just don't want to do certain things that's a certain thing i don't really want to do all right, fair, fair, but... But Charlie, I did it. I did it. Yeah, because you were outvoted. Even though Curtis is not on the Picks episodes, he still wants to do the league, so you kind of got outvoted there. Sorry about that. But we are trying to figure out what we're going to do for the listeners who finish ahead of us. We're still thinking on that, but we will figure that out here in short order and let you guys know. And there are a couple of ways for you guys to join the league if you have not done so already. We've already got almost 50 people in there. It's awesome. Uh, but we, we want more. The more the merrier. So if you are on Twitter, you can go to our profile page, which is at glory underscore UGA, and click on the link in our pinned tweet. And even if you don't have an ESPN account, the entire process takes about 30 seconds. Charlie, I know you had to create an account, and that took you, what, about, you said less than a minute? I was able to do it. Right. So, and quickly. Which is, like, incredible. I, I didn't think you had it in you, but you did. So if Charlie can do it, you guys can definitely do it, and you'll be set up and ready to go. If you don't do the whole Twitter and social media thing, I get that. I totally get that. Then you can just click the link contained in the description of this episode. Or if you have trouble with that, you can just email us at gloryugapodcast at gmail.com. And we will be happy to send you the link directly. So get in on that for your chance to join us on an episode this season. But all right, let's go ahead and get to the main event. Let's get to those picks of the week. Just like last year, we are picking both straight up and against the spread. And we're keeping running records. It's me versus Charlie versus the listeners. And the picks made by our guest hosts each week will go to the listeners running record. So it's a team effort for you guys. Um, All that's the same from last year. But we are adding a few new wrinkles into the mix to kind of, I don't know, spice things up a little bit. This year we are also incorporating a lock of the week and an upset special of the week. The lock of the week is pretty simple. It can be a straight up or against the spread pick. But a slight caveat here, if it is a straight up lock pick... The spread has to be a touchdown or less because otherwise everyone would just pick the heaviest favorites every week to win straight up and that's your lock of the week. Had to make it a little bit more challenging than that. And the upset special of the week is a pick where you have to pick a six point or more underdog to win outright. So that's the setup, but let's go ahead and welcome in our first guest host of the 2020 season. We are very excited to be joined by a longtime listener and really just a great friend of the podcast who, like Charlie, I think you agree with me, blew us away with how good he was last year, right? Yes, awesome. Like you were kind of scared he might take your job for a second there. You actually did make that comment. Still afraid. <laughs> but he's back. Charlie got nervous, but uh, nothing to worry about. But we had to bring him back to kick off the 2020 season. So a big welcome to Mr. Josh Stevens. Josh, welcome back to the show, my friend. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to have this opportunity again. Uh, well, I think I, I, I don't want to speak for you, Charlie, but I think it's fair to say I'm glad you're excited, Josh, but it is totally our pleasure, man. We are really excited to have you on. <laughs> totally. Josh, you guys ready to make some picks? Yes. I'm ready. Let's get it done. Charlie, what do you got for us? All right. We're going to start with Kentucky at Auburn minus 10 and a half. This may be, mm, no, it is the most interesting game of the weekend. Kentucky has a chance to knock Auburn down from the get-go. 
Auburn has missed practices due to COVID-19, and Kentucky can capitalize on a full practice schedule. So I'm picking the Cats to win and cover the spread. This is also my upset special of the week. Like, bury the lead there. Like, this is a big pick. Yeah. Well, you. That was very casual for like a, you're picking a 10 and a half point underdog to win the trade up. I love it. Yeah, well, it is Auburn, and I don't like them. So Fair enough. Anyways, that's my pick. Josh, who are you picking? This game, I am super excited to see, just like you, Charlie. Um, Auburn is always on this roller coaster where they're up and down every few seasons, and Kentucky is really, really starting to turn some heads. Um, they navigated a brutal season last year, losing everything, and um, Auburn bringing in Chad Morris, Seems to be a good move, but Malzahn is very selfish with his offense, so I wonder how that's going to play out. Um, Bo Nix should supply some stability for the Tigers, but losing people like Marlon Davidson and David, excuse me, Derek Brown on the D line is huge, and that duo accounted for 11 and a half sacks, which is over half the sacks for the team last year. Kentucky is poised to surprise some people. Um, I think the way is going to be paved with that O-line that they have. Uh, Asim Rose, Kavachier Smoke, both averaging over five yards a carry. I'm going to say that Kentucky is going to pull off the upset. I think Kentucky is going to win. That's my upset pick, but I do not think they will cover. Man, all right. God, see, I thought, like, I was going to have, like, one of those, like, unique picks. I thought I was, was going to shock you guys. Like, first pick out of the gate, 10.5-point underdog, let's go. Let's say Kentucky. Uh, but apparently not. You guys are you guys are seeing what I'm seeing. And I, I, I've i been saying this all year, guys. I, I, I'm high on this Kentucky team. I'm maybe not, like, SEC championship game high. But, like, for Kentucky, by their standards, I'm pretty high on what the Cats have this year. And I think you got to look at this, too. In the age of COVID, like, Auburn had to shut down for a week or so in late August. Didn't couldn't practice for almost a week. It had a scrimmage, uh, I think two weeks ago, a couple Saturdays ago, had 10 players out total for that scrimmage. Five of those guys are starters. And uh, if, if you look at that, and then also factor in the matchups, I love the matchups for Kentucky, like all in the field here. I, I've said all along, guys, this is a line of scrimmage league. Kentucky, in my opinion, in this game, and I, I can be proven wrong. Josh, you were on it, man. When you're missing guys like Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown up front on that defensive line for Auburn, who were dominant up front. Well, those guys are gone, and I'm just not sure they have the guys to replace those guys up front right now. And Kentucky's offensive line, legitimately, I know you don't think about this when you think Kentucky, but it's legitimately one of the top offensive lines in the country. I think they're going to own the line of scrimmage in this game on both lines of scrimmage. I don't I don't think much of the off- Auburn offensive line. I like what Kentucky has up front with guys like Quentin Bohanna at nose guard, big 360-pound guy that can move at that nose guard position. Josh Pasco with the five-tech defensive end. I love what they have up front. Terry Wilson is back, and look, Terry Wilson, he's not necessarily the greatest passer in the world, but he's good enough, and and with him, they're going to have another dynamic run game. Auburn's losing so much up front, so I'm with you guys. Let's kick off the season with my upset special of week one. I'm taking the Cats out, right? I'm taking the Cats to cover. All right, so go Cats, I guess, is bottom line there. So next we have Florida minus 14 at Ole Miss. And we know almost all of the media outlets are picking the Gators to win the East this year. I think I just saw a poll that said the Gators got like 53 votes to win the East and Georgia got 43 or something like that. Yeah, you're right. Preseason media poll. Yeah. Yeah, So they're all picking the Gators to win this year. I love it. I love it. And they will open playing Lane Kiffin's Rebels 
black bears, land sharks. I don't know who they are. Identity crisis. Um, I can't. So I'm looking forward to see what Lane has in store for Ole Miss, but I'm picking Florida to win with Ole Miss covering the spread. Josh, what's your pick? Florida is one of those teams that set up pretty good this season. They're returning trash. They have some of their production out wide. Uh, the defense was hit hard. Uh, who was going to fill in the production of Zaniga and Juwan Taylor? Um, Kyle Pitts is going to have to have a big season being one of the most steady weapons that Florida's going to have. Um, Trask, it's surprising, Tyler, you said that, that he's kind of like a Jake Fromm. He's very steady, consistent. He was second in the SEC last year in pass yards and third with pass TDs and the QBR. Um, I'm looking at Wayne Kiffin using John Rice Plumley, Like, he burst onto his scene with his legs. He had just as many rushing yards as Matt Corral had as passing yards. You know, and I'm really, really interested to see what Lane Kiffin can do with that. Elijah Moore is going to have to help him out out wide. Plumlee is going to have to develop his arm some more. Um, Elijah Moore was the leading receiver, and the next closest receiver didn't even play the position. It was Jerry on Ely with 20 receptions. So this is an interesting, interesting and intriguing game to me. Overall, I think Lane Kiffin in this first year, Plumlee not showing us that he's a proficient passer is going to be the downfall for the Rebels. So I'm picking Florida to win, and surprisingly, I think they will cover as well. Okay. Tyler, what's your take? Well, what a stat, Josh. I, I did not realize that Plumlee had as many rushing yards as crowded passing yards. I did not know that. That's, that's yeah. a heck of a stat, man. That's big. Uh, I'm with you. I think I'm with you here, man. Uh, Florida, if you just look at the talent – that each of these two teams have, Florida just has greater talent. That's just where these two programs are right now. Ole Miss does have some talent in spots. I, I think uh, Plumlee is an electric guy at quarterback, but you're right. He's not, a, he's not necessarily a proficient passer right now. Maybe he improves this year. We'll see. They have a shortened offseason, so I don't, you just don't know how much a guy can improve. I love Jerrion Ely. Uh, Elijah Moore, when he's not blowing games in the Egg Bowl by doing ridiculous dog urination celebrations, great receiver. Uh, so they have some talent, especially in that offense. But I just – and I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback right now. Because if you look at what Kiffin has done traditionally, Matt Corral is a guy that fits his system more than a Plumley. But you're right, Plumley's just so electric. It's tough to keep a guy like that off the field. I'm not sure how much he'll be used, how he'll be used. It's going to be interesting to see. It's just tough for me to pick Ole Miss. If, if, I don't know if there's clarity at that position right now. Um, so in the lane – but I will say – you got the lane train coming in. You got a new team that's tough to prepare for. You're not sure what he's going to do at quarterback. You're not, you know what he's done traditionally, but you're not exactly sure what's going to look, what's going to look like with this Ole Miss team. But I do think Ole Miss can find a way to score some points on a, on a four defense. As you mentioned, Josh is losing quite a bit defensively. I think they can put up some points. I just don't think that defense is going to be ready yet. They had an 86 overall grade last year on pro football focus. So I'm going to go with Florida to win. And I, I think they're going to cover. I don't think they're going to cover by much. But uh, I'll take the Gators to cover the 14. And Charlie, before we move on to our next game, I just want to remind all of our listeners about my bookie. We're doing our best, guys. We're doing our best to give you some winners today for this weekend's slate of games. We've done all the legwork. We've done the research for you guys. All you have to do is go to my bookie to take advantage of it. Make it your winning season by going to my bookie today. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. It means watching live sports and betting on live sports at the same time. 
College football has been bad for a couple weeks, but the SEC, our Bulldogs, in their full, all glorious red britches, are back this weekend. So you've got plenty of games to bet on. So get in on the action. Use promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. And if you're a brand new player, you can get up to $1,000 in free play to add more excitement to what's already going to be an awesome weekend of college football. So bet with the best this football season for your chance to win big. Just use promo code OVERTIME and double that first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie and guys time is running out on the offer that overtime has given to you guys all you gotta do to get five hundred dollars in cold hard cash is to take advantage of this my bookie offer when you make your first deposit on my bookie take a screenshot of your my bookie account and email it to overtime at advertisecast.com that's overtime at advertise c-a-s-t.com five hundred dollars given away to one lucky winner at the end of september get in before it's too late okay next up we have louisville at pit minus three after last weekend i'm not so eager to watch louisville however i am interested in watching pit this is a top 25 matchup and i think pit has a lot of potential on the defensive side of the ball so i'm picking pit to win and cover defense wins championships doesn't it still? Like, that used to be a thing. Does it still win championships? In my mind, it is. We had a great defense last year. Did we win any championships? Well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> uh, you're right, you're right. Josh, what do you think? I, you know what, Charlie, it's funny that you bring that up. I watched Louisville and Miami, and a lot of people took a, a bad look at Louisville with that one, but I was kind of impressed. One thing that stood out to me was Louisville is small in stature, they're really, really light, but these guys are incredibly fast. JV and Hawkins, Tutu Atwell, they're like lightning strikes on the field. And they have um, Malik Cunningham distributing the ball between those two, who's versatile. Um, he showed that he's a competitor. He has a pretty good arm, and he can extend plays. So I wasn't really down on them last year. Pitt is starting off, excuse me, last week. Pitt is starting off 2-0. And uh, I haven't been shocked by the wins that they have. They won games that they were supposed to win. They will definitely be tested this week. It's going to be hard to keep those three guys on the offense inside of a pen. The FPI is calling this one uh, a pick em. I'm picking Louisville to win and to cover. All right. Tyler, what's your pick? Josh, I think you're on something here, man. Charlie, I- I'm going to have to slightly disagree here. I am pumped to watch Louisville again. I agree with Josh. Like, watching that offense, now their defense, eh, it's a different story. But watching all that speed, I mean, it looks like a Florida team. I mean, all these guys that got out there, you mentioned Tutu Atwell, Hawkins, Mikhail Cunningham at quarterback, Des Fitzpatrick at receiver. I mean, they've got playmakers on that offense. And actually, the, the style of offense they run, it's a blend of spread, triple option kind of stuff. It's really, in my opinion, fun to watch. I, I really enjoy watching them. I'm with you, Josh. I came away from that game impressed, at least with the Louisville offense. And they put up over 500 yards on that Miami defense. And that Miami, that Miami defense has some players. I mean, you got Quincy Roche, you got Jalen Phillips, who's a former number one overall recruit going to UCLA. Now he's back in Miami. They got some players. It was the issue last week for Louisville was they just couldn't get enough stops. I mean, really, that's what it came down to. So that's going to be an issue for them at times throughout the year. But I don't know if this pit offense is 
the type of offense that's going to be able to consistently take advantage of that. They are certainly far more defensively or- oriented, as Charlie mentioned, with Pat Narduzzi's aggressive version of quarters coverage. He's made a living off that for years, going back to me as a D coordinator at Michigan State. And I'm just, I, I, I'm kind of with you, Josh. I'm not sure what to make of Pitt yet. Yeah, okay. You destroy Austin P. Okay, good for you. What does that tell us, right? And then Syracuse, I mean, Syracuse is terrible, guys. And yeah, Pitt won, but 21 10, very underwhelming. It was a very Pitt like game. Just muck it up and find a way to win. Kenny Pickett at quarterback, he kind of is what he is. He's gritty, he's tough. Yeah, can make some plays here and there. But you look, you look up at the end of the game, it's like, okay, he's averaging. He's at right around 50 or 55% completion percentage, averaging about, averaging about six yards per pass attempt. Like That's what Kenny Pickett is. And he's a tough guy, but he's not dynamic right now. But Louisville's playmakers offensively are. So let's go with Louisville. They're going to score, and I'm just not sure Pitt's going to keep up. So I'm taking Louisville to win and cover. All right. Next up, we have Iowa State minus two and a half at TCU. Iowa State has the luxury of having one game under their belt, but they did lose that game to Louisiana. And that loss will motivate them to play lights out this week against TCU and their season opener. I'm picking Iowa State to win and cover because they just can't be an embarrassment for another week. Maybe. Uh, Well, hope not because that's my pick. (laughs) For them. All right. Josh, who are you picking? This was a tough one for me. Um, The Big 12 had a really, really rough week. Kansas, Kansas State, and Iowa State all losing. Uh, This game may help Iowa State get that sour taste out of their mouth, but I don't know. Cyclones limped out the game only mustering 14 points last week. And they were pretty much stifled the entire third quarter. The offense will have to rebound in a big way. This is the first time for TCU to hit the field. They're going to try to duplicate what they saw last year. Um, I'm excited to see if we will see Zach Evans hit the field. With everything that went on with him, him hopping all over the league and finally settling with TCU, I'm excited to see will we see him, what will he do, was he worth all the hype. This one is going to be short for me. Um, since this is the first time we're seeing TCU and what we saw from Iowa State, this is a pick game. I'm picking TCU to win and to cover. All right. Tyler? Yeah, Josh, great breakdown there. It's t- it's a really is a tough call because we have not seen anything from TCU. We've seen one game from Iowa State, which is something, but – is one game, obviously not a great look, but still one game. Uh, but I would say after after Iowa State lost that game to Louisiana, you might be surprised that they're they're favored in this one. It's kind of strange, right? You lose to Louisiana at home, drop out of the top twenty five, get embarrassed, and you're still somehow favored against TCU. And like we said, TCU hasn't played. We just don't know much. What we do know though is that Matthew Downing is starting at quarterback for them. If that name sounds like slightly somewhat familiar, that's because Matthew Downing was a former walk-on quarterback, a preferred walk-on quarterback for us here in Athens. I think he was about 19th string. Now he wasn't that far down the the depth chart, but he wasn't going to sniff playing time. So he transfers to TCU. Their starter, Max Duggan, has dealt with some issues, some health issues, and he's out for this game. So insert Matthew Downing, former walk-on. Now we've seen former walk-ons like Baker Mayfield, have, have big careers. So I, I'm not saying Matthew Downing can't do it, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to have to see it from him to be a believer. I wish the guy the best of luck. I want him to do well, but I just, I don't know. I got questions there. I, now I do think that Iowa State's far better than what they showed. Brock Purdy, I mean, he's a good, talented, dual-threat quarterback. 
Brees Hall is a good running back. I think as long as they get their special teams in order, because that was a disaster. That's really what cost them the game against Louisiana. If they can get that in order after the bye week, I think I like them to go into TCU and get their season back on track. I'm going to lock this one up, man. I'm calling this my lock of the week. It's just got all the elements for, for me there. Come off the bye week, they're embarrassed in week one. They are, and they, they want to get revenge here. They got a, a former walk-on starting at TCU and getting his first collegiate snaps. So give me the give me the Cyclones on this one. All right. Now we're going back to the SEC for Mississippi State at LSU, minus 16 and a half. I don't have a whole lot to say about this one. I'm just going to say it's my lock of the week. I'm picking LSU to win and cover because Mike Leach – as much as I love them, the air raid just is not ready to take off in Starkville. Josh, how do you see it? Um, this game is intriguing. The defender, the defending national championship champions, I'm sorry, lost pretty much everything through the draft and the outs out. Miles um, Brennan finally has his turn to lead the Tigers. Um, Ed O said that it was going to take a committee of back to replace what Edwards and Lair did. And Jamar Chase turning his sights to the NFL. They're going to have a very young receiving group. Derek Stingley returns. He's going to supply some experience and some swagger in the secondary. Um, Mike Leach is coming in. He has K.J. Costello. That should help the team some. But this is Kylan Hill's team. I'm expecting big things from him. He's going to have to be reliable. He's already proven himself as a down-to-down back and a hard runner, but now bringing Mike Leach in, that should help us see if he's a full, complete back. Can he catch out of the backfield? What what did he bring to the passing game? Um, this is going to be a good one for me. I'm going to take LSU to win this one, but I don't think they will cover this one. All right. Tyler, what's your pick? Josh, you and I are seeing eye-to-eye on this one, my friend. I uh, I know LSU recruits well, but that roster was gutted by the NFL draft. It really just departures for a variety of reasons. I mean, they had a dra- they tied the NFL draft record with 14 players drafted this year's draft. I mean, just, they're just gutted right now. And yeah, they recruit well, but they're going to place all those guys to the level of production they, that they put up last year. I just don't see it, man. I don't think this will be another season to remember there. For, for the LSU faithful. And I, actually, I think there's going to be more than a couple of losses along the way. But this ain't going to be one of them. Not week one. Not at home. I'm with Charlie on the straight-up pick. I'll give you that, Charlie. But I'm with Josh on the cover here. I think Mississippi State, I think their offense has some pieces and are going to put up just enough points to cover the 16.5. I will say that hook is killing me here. I wish I could buy a half a point and get it to 17. I feel a lot better – if that was the case, but still I'm going to take Leach in his debut at Mississippi state to get the cover, not the win, the cover. I mean, it's just a combination. There's so, the, it's the loss of, of so much of what gave LSU that scoring punch from last year. The fact that, I mean, look, Tiger stadium. Yeah. We know how tough that environment is. Charlie, you and I were there a couple of years ago. It's a, it's a tough place to play, but it's going to lose its fangs with, with the, with the capacity limitations. And that's a big deal for LSU. They really feed off that crowd you look at the pieces that Leach has to work with on offense with Costello and Kylan Hill. Give me the bizarre dogs to cover, but I'm going to say the Tigers to win. All right. Next up, we have Alabama minus 27 at Mizzou. Mizzou is one of my favorite college towns, and I wish I could it go It really there. is the best. I know. I wish I could but go outside there of Athens, year, but, yeah. but, you know, COVID not going, I guess. I'm going. All right. Go for <laughs> Speak it. For yourself. Maybe I will, too. Who knows by November? So this Wear is tough. 27 points is a lot. 
Um, I'm not known for making those educated picks sometimes, so I'm going Bama to win with M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Oh, my God, I can't. Oh, sorry, uh, everyone. Oh, listeners, he did it. Jund him. I mean, as long as they're not playing us, go yeah. Mizzou. Go, go so I'm picking Mizzou to cover. Josh, what's your pick? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. Talk about drawing the short straw. Drinkowitz in his first season as the, with over the Tigers, his first game, you get Bama. I mean, that is tough. Uh, Bama lost Judy and Ruggs, but they still have Waddle. They still have Smith. Um, Mac Jones is taking over the job. Uh, you still have Najee Harris. Like, this is still a Bama team that you really have to prepare for. The Tide's defense is not the Tide of old, but I think it's going to be plenty good to take care of Mizzou. Um, the Tigers, they're in a QB battle. Two of those quarterbacks that are battling are freshmen. They bring back Tyler Beatty and Larry Roundtree, and that's a good duo, but that's really about it. I mean, this is going to be a long season for Missouri, and I think it will start at home at 7 this Saturday. So, Bama to win, and knowing Saban, I'm going to take them to cover as well. All right. Tyler? Yeah, I I really want to take Missouri to cover at home, cover the 27. That's a big number. We know Alabama's covered plenty of big numbers in the past. But with this Mizzou team, I think their defense can hold up for about a half or so. I, I, I really like some of the pieces they have on defense, especially what they got at linebacker on that defensive front there. Nick Bolden, linebacker, legitimately is potentially the best returning linebacker in the SEC that no one talks about. That guy is insanely good, insanely good. But – just as Josh was alluding to, I got no faith in that offense right now. I don't have faith in them to do anything, even against a Bama defense that, yeah, I think still has some holes. And, and sure, there are holes in that defense, but when we say holes, it's all relative. Those holes only matter against other elite teams that can match them in talent or come close to it. But that's not Missouri. Missouri's not coming close to matching Alabama in talent. So whatever holes Alabama's defense might have, I don't see Missouri being able to exploit them this year. I do expect the Missouri defense to, to kind of, I guess, somewhat keep them within striking distance in the first half or so. But with the offensive issues, I think it's going to cause them to run out of steam in that second half. I'm going to obviously pick Alabama to win this game, and I'm very hesitantly also going to pick them to cover. All right. Next, FSU is traveling to Miami with Miami at minus 11. Um, FSU lost to Georgia Tech. So need I say more? Not really. No, <laughs> no, I don't. So I'm picking the Canes to win and cover. Josh, what's your pick? Every year we hear that the U is back, and then somehow or another they let us down. This year, from what I've seen, it looks like they're trying to right the ship. Um, bringing in De'Ara King was a dynamic move. Manny Diaz is looking like a brilliant coach right now. And De'Ara King really is the lifeblood of that team. He's a dynamic runner. He's a competent passer. He extends plays, but he takes a lot of hits, and that's kind of concerning for me. I, I don't like him putting his body out like there. Um, his favorite targets, Brevin Jordan, Mike Pope, uh, Mike Harley, D. Wiggins, they're all accounting for a lot of passing yards, so he's distributing the ball everywhere. Cameron Harris and Jalen Knightman, they provide a one-two punch, and they run so hard. Also, the hurricane defense, it starts out slow. It seems like maybe the middle of the first quarter to the end of the first quarter before they start getting going. But they 
play hard and they play fast. And Amari Cooper, I mean, excuse me, Amari Carter, he brings the wood. He depleted a tight end last week. Jimbo Fisher left the just left everything empty for the nose. Um, Blackman is back at quarterback, but I mean, like you said, Charlotte, they lost to the Nats. I mean, that's just that's yeah. awful. Um, Webb had 39 rushing yards. Uh, at, no, Webb had 39 receiving yards, and Corbin had 55 uh, yards. So this is not going to be good. Miami to win, and I'm going to do a first. They're going to double cover. Oh, whoa. Josh, bold words. Yeah. I love it. I like your style, man. Awesome. So here's how I look at this game. Based off the small sample size that we've got from both teams, and especially with Mike Norvell, Florida State's coach, out of this game, he's not going to travel with the team, from my understanding. He's got COVID. He's kind of been out of the picture for a week or so. Like, if you look at what we've seen so far, you should be running to the betting window to throw down like a mortgage on Miami, like like Josh level confidence here, right? And and like that was my initial reaction with this game, but the more I think about it, I just I can't escape this feeling. It's kind of like a weird spot for Miami. You know, FSU did get humiliated by the Nats, the joke by Cook, whatever you want to call them, that ridiculous North Avenue trade school. <laughs> Somehow they lost to them at home. I don't know. I watched it. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Yes, we all know James Blackman's terrible, and it's Mike Norwell's first game, but oh, my God, what what happened? So they get humiliated. Everyone's been talking about because there weren't many games on that week, right? So everyone's talking about that game. Then they get a bye week. Plus, this is a rivalry game, which always – I'm always very cautious – with my picks with the rivalry games, you just kind of throw the records out, out the window. And you, it's just, it's tough to know. And you also have Miami who might be feeling themselves a little bit here. They're getting a lot of love. I think deservedly so, but they're getting some love. Plus, you know, they didn't, they, they beat Louisville on the road. Nice win, really nice win, but they did give up over 500 yards of offense to Louisville. Uh, and I think they won that game, but Louisville's defense only helped them with two horribly blown assignments on back-to-back Miami offensive plays that were both touchdowns when Louisville was trying to sneak back in the game in the second half. So, yeah, they, they are obviously played great, but defensively, I mean, yeah, Louisville's got some talent, but 500 yards, that's 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 a lot of yards. But still, at the end of the day, until he proves me wrong, I just have zero faith in James Blackman against any team with a pulse. I, I can't buy the guy right now. And Tech, Tech was able to expose that four-state offensive line and really rattle James Blackman. And if they could do that, Miami might knock him out of the game in the first quarter with Quincy Roche, Jalen Phillips, those kind of pass rushers they got. So give me the Canes to win. Definitely. I feel good about that. Give me the Canes to win. But based on just the circumstances of this game, Florida State getting humiliated, having to buy a week to stew over it. It's a rivalry game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little cautious there on the spread. I'm going to say give me the Knowles to cover. All right. Next up in the East, we have Tennessee at minus three and a half, traveling to South Carolina. And in my opinion, this is probably the second most interesting matchup this week. People might not agree with me, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm actually I'm, excited to watch this. Yeah, game. I'm interested. On the pick show earlier this week, I chose South Carolina to beat Tennessee, so I'm going to stick with that pick. I think most chance Gamecocks will win and cover. And I'm also very excited that I won't have to listen to Sandstorm yet. 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 We go there a little bit might, later on. Might go there this year. We'll see. Josh, what's your pick? I'm also excited to see this one. I think this game is going to show us if Tennessee is going to continue the success that they found at the end of the season. Let us know where they really stand in the conference. 
South Carolina continues its trend of trying to get UGA players, even after they've graduated, bringing in Mike Bobo as the OC, and he's bringing his quarterback with him, and he's been named the starter now. To me, he looks like Jake Fromm in a Halloween accent out, outfit. Excuse me. Uh, it's, that's just funny to me. Good call, um, man. I mean, it's, it's a weird look. It's a really weird look. He looks like Fromm in a wig. I'm just maybe I'm just yeah, totally, I'm, totally. From with like the long hair <laughs> that I wish I had in that kind of wig, totally. <laughs> yeah, so I'm expecting um Garantano to start, and surprisingly, I'm expecting a pretty good season out of him. I don't know why, I just get the feeling after everything that happened last season, him being benched, coming back in, I think this is going to be something to help him out and push him in the right direction. Ty Chandler comes back for his senior year, so. He's going to have to have a good season to help the balls move. I am so excited to see Henry To'o To'o. He is one of the best linebackers in the conference. He's going to be a leader for that defense. I just – I don't want him to fall into that sophomore slump. The Gamecocks, they were hurt really bad. Brian Edwards is gone, so that only leaves Shy Smith. He had 43 catches for 489 yards and two touchdowns last year. It's not expiring. Um, Haleski was dubbed the savior of the team, and then he fills it out. So Colin Hill comes in, a new regimen. I, I just, I'm, this one is up. I, I, I'm, it's hard for me to really say too much about this one. J.C. Horn, John Dixon, the secondary is coming back. Muschamp convinced Jordan Birch to stay home, so the defense should have something there. I'm going to take this one for Tennessee to cover. I think williams Bryce is a difficult place to play, but since the crowd isn't going to be there, I think Tennessee will be able to pull this one out and shock them. I know you guys had it in the pick show that Tennessee uh, could have a swing game against Carolina. I'm picking Tennessee to swing this one. All right. Tyler? Yeah, this I agree, Josh. This is a tough pick. I, I've gone back and forth on this one, man. It's, it's a tight game. I think when you look at this, though, there are two programs – they're going to be facing off here on, I guess, Saturday night with totally different public perceptions right now. I think you look at Tennessee and people see them as a, a program with momentum. They're moving in the right direction. Jeremy Pruitt's getting good players in there. They're recruiting well. And then you look at South Carolina. And I think, generally speaking, the public perception of it is it's just a floundering program. Will Muschamp's just trying to survive right now. They're not really going anywhere. And I get that. I, I don't necessarily think that people are wrong in looking at it that way, but I'm trying to look at this as an individual game. And in this individual game, I really like the Gamecocks. I, I, it's all about the matchups for me. For all the love that this Tennessee offensive line has been getting this offseason, and I've, I've been mentioning this over the past couple of weeks, and, and that's one of the primary reasons people are, are using – that's one of the things they're using to justify all the expectations for Tennessee making a big jump this year. But for all that hype, they were terrible on the offensive line last year. According to Pro Football Focus, they're the 122nd graded pass blocking unit in all of America. That's horrific, guys. I have 130 teams. It's an SEC program that's supposed to be contending potentially for an SEC East title this year? I don't know. They're, they are pretty good on the interior of that offensive line. They definitely are. Guys like Trey Smith but, and Brandon Kennedy. But they're so weak on the edges that tackle with those guys that were true freshmen last year, Darnell Wright and Wayne Morris. Both guys graded under 40 overall in their freshman years. They're probably going to improve in, in year two, sure. But how much are you going to improve in one truncated offseason when you're coming from so far down? I still have questions about that offensive line. 
And, and Josh, you mentioned some of those guys in that, that South Carolina defensive front. That defensive front for the Gamecocks is strong. You got a couple of former top Zach Pickens. You got Rick Sandage, who's a highly rated guy. Kyer Thomas, Aaron Sterling. Those guys can play up front on that South Carolina defense. They could potentially feast on the Tennessee offensive line, at least those tackles. And this Tennessee passing game, it, I think it's going to take a step back this year. I, I do I do agree, Josh. I think Jared Guarantano is a pretty good player. He gets a lot of hate because he's made some really boneheaded decisions in his career. But I think he's a good, solid quarterback. Maybe not elite, but a good, solid player. But they're losing so much at receiver. You're losing Jawan Jennings. You're losing Marquez Callaway. Those guys combined for 1,600 yards on 90 receptions last year. Clearly, they're top two receivers. I do like Josh Palmer. I think he's a guy that can break out for them. Ramel Keaton's another guy to watch a receiver. But they're going to have to replace some very productive players. So I just – I don't know. And you combine that with two really good cornerbacks for South Carolina with McQuamu and Horn. If that South Carolina front can control the line of scrimmage, which I think they can, I think the game class can keep this a low-scoring affair. And I also have a ton of respect for Mike Bobo. Yeah, he's, he's new, and there's going to be a transition there for sure. But I think the fact that, as Josh, Josh mentioned there, the fact that he's starting a quarterback that he has a lot of familiarity with coming from Colorado State, the Jake Fromm lookalike with the hair that I wish I had, I think that's going to make this transition much smoother. So I'm, a, I'm not confident in this one, but I just got a feeling I like the matchups here for the Gamecocks at home. Yeah, the crowd's not going to be full. I get that. But give me South Carolina to eke one out to pull a week, another week one upset, maybe a second upset special of the week for me in the SEC. I'm taking the Gamecocks. All right. And that brings us to the game we care most about, which is Georgia traveling to Arkansas minus 26 and a half. That's a lot of points. Um, as I said earlier this week, I really want Sam Pittman to do well, and I want to see the Hogs improve too, just make the SEC stronger overall. But this week is not going to be their week. Um, I'm extremely interested and excited to see him as a head coach, uh, but I'm going to have to pick the dogs to win and cover. And I wish I could just have a cameraman on Sam Pittman the whole time. That'd be awesome. Just like in the corner, just a little extra camera. You know, maybe you can hire somebody. I'm sure somebody can yeah. go out there and do that. I don't that. think I have the money for that. But anyways, <laughs> Josh, what's your pick this week? I'm so excited because our dogs are finally suiting up and they're breaking out the red bridges. Like, this is just everything for me. Um, I think one of the things that the natural pundits are saying is going to hurt us is going to be one of the biggest things to help us, the freshness of this entire team. New quarterback, new receivers, new running back, new OC. Like, I think this is going to be something that is really, really going to propel us because you can't you can't predict for it, you can't plan, and it will change the perspective, the narrative that everyone has already built on us. This defense is going to be insane. They're going to be flying around. Um, Sam Pittman, I love him. I was actually sad when he left, but I was happy that he got a job. Um, Arkansas is it's not looking good for them. And then you bring in Felipe Franks on top of that. Like that is just a recipe for disaster. I think Pittman is going to have a successful tenure at Arkansas, but I don't think it's going to start this Saturday. I'm picking the dogs to win, but because of the relationship that Kirby and Pittman have, I'm not going to take them to cover. I think Kirby is going to take his foot off the gas and just get out once they have a comfortable lead. All right. Tyler? That's a really fair pick, Josh, on the cover. I, I, I've been thinking about that all week. Um, I think we're – I mean, look, guys, we know. I don't, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. 
We are clearly the more talented team here, and we should absolutely win this game and win it fairly comfortably. But saying that, like this Arkansas team does have a few talented players in spots. I mentioned them on the on the preview show, especially on offense. You got Raheem Boyd, who was the fourth rated running back, fourth fourth highest graded, I should say, running back in the SEC last year. Yeah, ahead of DeAndre Swift. We all know he was pretty good. You got Trey Knox, Traylon Burks, big physical wide receivers outside that can pose some matchup issues for our cornerbacks. I love our cornerbacks, but they're not six three and six five, right? Except for I guess you throw Tyson Campbell in there. Uh, Mike Williams also a good receiver for them. They got a trio of guys that can make some plays. Quarterback was the issue for them last year. That was the issue. That's what got Chad Morris fired. They just could not find a quarterback. They had five guys that started for them last year. But I would say, believe it or not, as much fun as we have giving him a hard time, I think Felipe Franks is going to be an upgrade for them. I know that sounds insane because Felipe Franks, an upgrade? What? That just shows you how bad they were at quarterback last year. And Franks, say what you want, yes, make some horrible decisions, some catastrophically bad decisions that we've benefited from in the past. But he is very physically gifted, about 6'5", 6'6", 230. The guy can run. He's got a strong arm. Again, it's an upgrade over what they had last year. Maybe not a significant upgrade, but an upgrade. And they're going to go with tempo. They're going to express almost the sideline with those extreme wide receiver splits to try to keep space and make it more difficult for us to stop their run game. That's what they're going to do. And they may also make it tough for us to give safety help over the top. As I said on the preview show, I think the key in this game is going to be able is us being able to control the run game with five defenders in the box and, and just really make it tough. Because what they do is, guys, they make it tough. They really do. They make it tough to sneak anyone else in there with how they use their wide receiver splits, at least how Kendall Bryles' coach offenses have used wide receiver splits. So I'm assuming we're going to see the same thing this year with, with Arkansas. I think Jordan Davis is going to be huge here, but I think he's up to the task. I think this guy's up for a breakout year. There are some matchup issues at wide receiver, but if we can handle the run game with five guys with Jordan Davis eating up multiple blocks on a consistent basis, then that will free us up to do some different things with our coverages back there. So I know there are still plenty of questions about the offense. There are, and I think fairly so. There are some questions about this offense. I think we have the answers, but we the fact is we have some things left to prove on that side of the ball. And no matter who the opponent is, guys, like I'm just – I know this is Arkansas. They haven't won an SEC game in 19 tries, going back to 2017. But I'm just never comfortable going into a first game with a freshman taking his first ever collegiate snaps. But I, I am excited about Dewan Mathis. I, I think this guy can be dynamic for us. It's his first start. We'll see. At least we, we think it's going to be his first start. But I'm excited. I'm nervous and excited at the same time. I'm very intrigued by his athleticism and what Munkin will do with him. But still, guys, even if there are questions about our offense – there literally is not a better defense in the league to break into the season than Arkansas. They gave up 471 yards a game to SEC opponents last year. Oh, and oh yeah, they lose their three best players off of that unit. So it's hard to imagine in year one of a new scheme, a new coordinator, that it's going to be much better. They're likely going to have moments where, where they make some plays offensively, and we got to be ready for that. But I don't think they're going to be enough. And we're likely going to have some moments on offense where we stall out and look like a team with a new offense, a new retro freshman quarterback that's coming off a shortened offseason in its first game. But we're probably going to have some moments like that. But I would caution you guys, don't freak out. Don't freak out if we have a few of those moments. Go into it expecting that. But I also think we're going to have some of those electrifying moments. They're going to get everyone just really excited about the promise of what this offense, what this team, what this quarterback can be the rest of the way. So I think – the dogs win because we have the personnel to handle that run game with a light box. You got our, our combination of, of top talent and Todd Munkin coming. I think it's going to be too much for Arkansas. Covering, though, Josh, I'm with you. It's it's a tough call. 
I have some real hesitancy there. It is a new offense, all the issues associated with a new offense. And there's definitely that factor of Kirby just not wanting to humiliate Sam Pittman and also Barry Odom defensively for, for uh, Arkansas. He's close to Barry Odom as well. Their they're, they're friends go back a little while. And I think you also got to look at – we have this tough stretch ahead of us after Arkansas. So maybe you want to protect your players for that tough stretch. It's tough, man. I've gone back and forth on whether we're going to cover or not. I'm going to say this. I'll say definitely we win this game and we get the backdoor cover, the second or third team offense. They're out there. We let them play. They put up a touchdown late and we cover us, say, 38 to 10. I even give you a score. 38 10 dogs. 38 10. I'm 38 10. Mark it down. down. Write it down. Write it down. All right, guys. All right. That's a lot of fun. Josh, dude, you're awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on again. we got to have you back on here. We'll get you on here some way, somehow, man. Dude, I am super excited. I'm ready. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Charlie, Tyler, thank you so much. Thank you. You're totally, you're totally welcome, man. And, guys, hope you enjoyed the show. Take our picks. Go win some money. Don't take Charlie's picks. Take Josh's. You might take a few of mine. Go win yourself some cash. Have an awesome weekend. Enjoy seeing the dogs play in those incredibly, insanely awesome red britches. It's going to be fun. So for Josh, for Charlie, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.